When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code POD to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code POD at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code POD. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Welcome, everybody, to At The Turn. I'm Joe. I'm looking at Nick. This is the first time we've done an episode face-to-face, Nick. Yes, first time we've been in the same time zone? Same State? Three, yeah. It's a, it's a big day for At The Turn. Right now, we're in Idaho. We are in... We can say where we are, right? Of course. We're in the whiskey room of Jim Heidelberger in Moscow, Idaho. And Nick and I just played in a golf tournament, which... Do we win? We didn't win. We <laughs> didn't we, win. We didn't win this year. The, you've probably heard of it. It's the, the U.S. Corner Club Open. It is It is the Corner Club Open. We will talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, we talked to the gentleman who runs the golf tournament, and that was a very interesting conversation. It's not just about us playing in this golf tournament, we promise. No, we're it's not going to talk about us. No, uh, not that much. He runs the tournament. He also runs the bar, the Corner Club, which is... An award-winning bar from Sports Illustrated, named it among the 10 best sports bars in America um, sometime in the 2000s, and I certainly think it lives up to all that hype. So we had a really good chat with Mark about what it's like to run a bar, what it's like to run a golf tournament, so a lot of things you might not know. And just a little more background, we're in Moscow, Idaho, which is the home of University of Idaho, but it's also Nick's hometown. He grew up here. I went to school very close, so we both spent a lot of time in this area. And this is a tournament that we come to, well, this is our second time doing it, but I have to imagine it's our second of, like, 40 times playing in this golf exactly, tournament. Exactly, yeah. Coming up in a, just a few minutes, we're going to talk to, well, we talked to Cole Mize, who is the head of the professional, what is it, the PGA Golf Management Program. Yep, yep, PGA Golf Management Program at University of Idaho. So if you don't know, you probably don't, you can basically major in becoming a golf professional at a college. So you're going to find out what that's all about, and if uh, it's too late for you. Maybe you want to set back, set back the clock and go back to school and, and do this. Yeah, because you really are majoring in golf. Um, we're having this conversation with him outside of the golf course. You may hear some background noise. We talked to him a couple days ago. Cole Mize is the head of the PGM program at University of Idaho. We'll explain more of what that is right now. So, Cole, for people that are unfamiliar, just what is the PGA Golf Management Program? Sure. Uh, so, the PGA Golf Management Program is a partnership with the PGA of America. There are 18 universities in the nation that currently have 
uh, PGA accredited golf management program. University of Idaho is, is one of those. We're the only one in the Pacific Northwest. Um, there are a few other Western schools, but many of them are in the east, in the east side of the country. Um, and so what the, what the program is, is a partnership between the PGA. The PGA gives the universities the, their professional golf management curriculum. The curriculum that a student goes through, that an apprentice would go through to become a PGA member. PGA of America member. And so students complete the PGA's curriculum, the university curriculum, which at the University of Idaho is a, a bachelor's degree in business. Uh, it was marketing, but we're opening it up to all business majors now. And uh, they also complete 16 months of internships. So that's one of the things I think a lot of people think, oh, you're, you're just a golf major, you just play golf, whatever. But people don't realize the business school at Idaho is, is pretty challenging in and of itself yeah. and this is kind of something extra on top of that is is that correct yeah absolutely the students the PGA students take every single class that a normal business student will take um, and then in addition they complete all of the PGA's curriculum plus every summer and an additional semester they're out working in the golf industry um, so it is definitely in addition to the business degree that we have and what kind of internships do your students tend to take, like all over the country, mm -hmm. prestigious courses, hometown courses, what kinds of things are they doing? Yeah, a really wide variety of internships. Uh, we have students, we've had students at Pebble Beach, Bandon Dunes, TPC Sawgrass, wow. uh, some of the nicest golf courses that you can imagine. We even had a student several years ago who worked the merchandise tent at the Masters. Um, so it's really varied on, on what they do and the types of facilities that they go to. They work at some very small facilities where they might have a, uh, a hand in the overall management um, and then at these huge resorts as well to, and then also the very exclusive private clubs. Uh, we have students that go to, um, to golf courses outside the country as well. So we've had students in China, in Germany, uh, Norway. So a lot of different opportunities. Some work at head, PGA headquarters, tournament organizations, so it doesn't necessarily have to be at a golf course either. You referenced PGA curriculum. Mm -hmm. Can you give our listeners an idea of what that entails, what they're actually learning in the PGM program? Yeah, sure. So the, the PGA curriculum is, is based on three central ideas, and, and those are the business of the game, uh, the people, so the customer relations side, and the game itself, teaching and playing. Um, so the subjects are based on one of those three areas, and students complete three levels, three PGA levels, um, and there's a wide variety of topics that touch on those main three subjects throughout the time. So you also said that 18 universities are affiliated with the program. This yes. is the only one in the Pacific Northwest. Weather isn't necessarily conducive to a year-round golf season here in Moscow. Yeah. So how did the University of Idaho become a part of this? Sure. Good question. Uh, Dawes Marlette, he was the original director of the PGA program in Idaho. He brought the program to the university. He was the general manager at the golf course at the time, at the University of Idaho golf course. And he was also a faculty member for the PGA. So he would travel around and speak to to other universities and um, teach in the, what was then the PGA business schools. And so he, after visiting these universities, he thought, well, why not University of Idaho? So he brought it here, he presented it to the leadership of the university, and um, 
the next year they had a program. So, um, so I, I was reading not even not only at University of Idaho, but those 19 schools, 18 schools nationwide, almost 100% uh, job placement rate in the golf industry. Yep. So what does somebody get from going through this program that somebody who does the PGA curriculum on their own might not have that advantage? What advantages does somebody have for, for doing it as a major? Um, so the 100% the job placement is definitely uh, a great advantage great advantage for us and for our students when they're when they make their way into the golf industry and when they graduate um, and I think that we have a hundred percent placement for a, a few different reasons uh, one is we're strategically paired with a business degree so the students uh, they're already somewhat specialized wanting to go into the golf industry um, and so they get some very good background skills and education in business uh, that make them more attractive in the marketplace. And then also they complete these 16 months worth of internships. And so that's a, that's a variety of experiences that a lot of college students don't necessarily get in whatever other major they might choose. Um, so they come out of school with a great degree and 16 months of experience on their resume that they can showcase to an employer. Are graduates of this program, are they strictly becoming swing instructors or are there other jobs in the golf industry that they're pursuing and taking that maybe aren't what everybody just thinks, you work at a golf course and you give lessons? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's, it's a very wide variety of careers that the students are, are pursuing. Um, and I'd actually say that the majority of the students are, uh, are interested in the business side of golf at the University of Idaho anyways. Now they, part of being a PGA member is being able to teach the game. That's definitely something that our students know how to do uh, when they graduate and they're all able to give golf lessons. But the business degree and some of the other opportunities in golf um, have seemed to attract more of our students' attention. Uh, so students will go maybe towards the director of golf side, general manager side at a golf facility where they're primary focus is on the business and um, and attracting new players, uh, increasing revenues, decreasing costs, those kinds of business aspects of, a, of what our golf or what are the golf business needs. Um, and then also outside of traditional golf clubs too. Um, so we have students that go into marketing careers. They'll work for uh, PGA, we had a student work for, at the PGA Magazine doing a lot of marketing for that for the for the magazine, running articles, uh, collecting information, that kind of stuff. So it's a there's a lot of different careers out there that are available to students, and I'm a good example of that too. I'm a non definitely non traditional as far as the golf industry is concerned, working in education. So you mentioned that everyone has the ability to give golf lessons. This is something that I've always wondered. How good of a player do you have to be to be a good instructor? Uh, so, and that's that's a good question because I think they definitely go hand in hand, um, but I don't know if you have to be a great player to give great golf instruction. I think it might be a perception, right? If you see somebody, if I'm, I'm a PGA member and if I go up to the first tee and I shank a couple golf balls and I'm not going to attract many people and say, oh, i got to get a lesson from that guy, um, but I might be a great teacher. Uh, so our students, we do require that they they be able to play golf at a high level, 
Um, the minimal requirement is a 12 handicap to get into the program. And then they progress from there and by the time they graduate they have at least passed the player ability test provided by the PGA of America. That's the only skills test that the PGA requires for PGA membership um, and our students must pass that. Now I had a buddy who he's no longer is but he used to be an assistant pro at a golf club in Seattle mm -hmm. and I was a student at Washington State University when he was doing his player ability test mm -hmm. and in my recollection the requirement was shooting 278s is that still what it is uh, it depends on the golf course but yeah that's about what it is yeah and so it's 36 hole competition in one day uh, you go out and and it's based on the target score the go or the the target score that they provide the PGA provides which is depends on the difficulty of the golf course. I've heard a lot of nightmare stories on the 36th hole of PAT. Yeah. Do you, do you, is there one that comes to mind to put you on the spot of like the, the best either dramatic or <laughs> blow Tragedy. up? Or, yeah. Um, there's, there's been a ton of really great stories from our students that I've heard over the years. Um, I was sitting here on the 18th, near the 18th green when it's watching the students come in and uh, a student who'd been struggling for quite a while. I think he was going into his senior year, so he had one more year to, to pass the PAT. The pressure was building um, and he had went out and he, in the first 18 holes, I think he gave himself a good cushion. He shot around par, um, but then the next nine holes, he blew up, had a really bad nine holes. And so he had to, I think, par out on the back nine of his second round. And I just saw him, he was in the middle of the fairway on 18, and he uh, he stuck one close, and he fist pumped all the way <laughs> and made his birdie putt. Awesome. Um, yeah, and we also had a student, just this last year, he was in a sand trap, greenside bunker, um, and he had to make it to pass the PAT, and he, and he sunk it. So, <laughs> wow! Awesome. Yeah, it's pretty good. And they've held, we've also had some heartbreak stories where they, you know, a student will miss it by one or two sh shots, and it happens on the final hole. So it can go like everybody who golfs knows it <laughs> can go either way sometimes. Oh. This is something that I wish I knew about when I was an incoming freshman because I grew up in Portland, so a few states removed from Idaho. Do you find that you have? too many applicants and you have to exclude a lot of people who want to be in it or do you find that you need more so we are we are trying to grow the program so we are going to uh, more aggressively market and promote what what we do here um, so that growing the program is something we are definitely interested in but it takes a special individual to really make it in our program as well so uh, we don't necessarily want everybody to apply but we want those who are really interested and passionate in the game of golf and want to make it a career um, apply and part of that is getting the word out to uh, definitely areas like Portland where we do attract quite a few students but uh, it's definitely a golf town there there's a lot of golf, great golf courses and um, a lot of people really interested in the game so that is a goal of ours yes I know of a few I mean I have some buddies around here who are part of the, the program um, do you want to brag about anything any uh, of your graduates are doing these days? Yeah, absolutely. We, we have quite a few students who are doing some pretty incredible things. Um, a few that come to mind, we had a, we've got a graduate who's just a few years out. He's the 
head golf professional at a golf course called Moonlight Basin in Big Sky, Montana. It's an incredible golf course, high-end private club, uh, sits next to Yellow, the Yellowstone Club, um, and he has probably the best job in the world that I can think of. <laughs> He's, they're open for about six months, and then he runs the ski side uh, shop in the winter time. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so I see a ton of pictures where he's fishing and uh, and skiing and doing all that kind of fun stuff. Works very hard, but uh, also has a great lifestyle with him. Uh, we had a student who was at TPC Sawgrass for a couple years, mm-hmm. uh, got to experience some great things. That He was just recently promoted to a head professional role in uh, New Orleans. So he's this is his first season there, um, really enjoying it. We've got a got a couple students who have been working uh, outside of the outside of the traditional golf industry doing some fun things there so students that are or potential students or people that love golf but want to find a way to do it maybe outside of a golf course there's a lot of opportunities that way as well so awesome cool Cole Mize thank you so much for your time we appreciate it We touched on it earlier. Uh, we have a, a really awesome interview with Mark Trevelpiece. Trevelpiece. Tre- I always thought it was Trevelpiece. He has owned the Corner Club in Moscow, Idaho for 10 years next month. He's run nine Corner Club Opens, which it's a golf tournament that has generally 36 teams and three flights. So if I'm, my math is correct, that's 72 drunk idiots <laughs> roaming around right. for, over the course of two days at two different <laughs> courses. Um and there's a lot of moving parts that go into this. It was really cool to talk to him about what running a tournament is like and also what running a bar is like because we've all said it, oh, I should just quit my job and own a bar. Well, the dream! Yeah, it's the dream, is it? Maybe maybe not. Uh, we'll find out, but it's a good chat, and I uh, hope you enjoy. So... What's it like to run a golf tournament? It's stressful. It's stressful. I hated uh, I hated golf and I hated everybody yesterday. Um, <laughs> it it's so hard to have everything go perfectly. You know, I you guys heard me say tee off from the silver tees if you're 70. Well, the clubhouse put it on the scorecards as silver. But then on the instruction sheet, they put bronze, and they told the guy in the office bronze, so I had one team play from the wrong tees for nine holes. (laughs) And then when I confronted them about it, they're like, no, no, we're doing it right. I'm like, "Mm, I'm pretty sure you're doing it wrong. (laughs) And the same team had done this two years ago, and it's like, come on. So, you know, you, you try to help people out. Like, these guys are over 70. They can't hit the ball as far as we can. So you kind of try to give them a leg up, and then it just makes things so hard. Um, probably would have had a different opinion yesterday had I played better golf, but I, <laughs> I played on Friday, shot an 80, and then I shot a 97 yesterday, so I was a little frazzled by that. Uh-huh. But just making sure that the food gets taken care of and, you know, keep Heezer in the right spot, your phone's constantly going off. I probably shouldn't play in the tournament. I should probably just run it and sit in the clubhouse and watch movies. <laughs> but um, it's nice seeing 
your friends. You know, I, a lot of these guys I've seen now in 20 different golf tournaments because I would do the 10 here and then the 10 down in the Tri-Cities. So, and I know you guys have been jazzed about it for years because I see you talking on Twitter about it. <laughs> um, we love it. And we were talking today, the thing for us that makes it so awesome, I mean, like, obviously we've come here all the time since we were living here, um, but just all the people, you know, and everybody, people we don't know, all yeah. the camaraderie, and just everyone's out there having fun, and nobody's, most people aren't taking it too seriously, but the, the right amount of seriousness. Sometimes you have to be careful about who you're pairing together because of, you know, a couple of years ago I had a guy play who was business partners with a guy who always played, and they had a falling out. And, <laughs> you know, you go to that second day and you're lining everybody up. First has to play with second to keep things on the up and up, and then you're looking at it going, oh, uh, well, they can't play together. <laughs> I know Joe and I have said this. You're out of the golf course. You're tired of your job, and you just say, screw up, man, I'm quitting my job. I'm going to open a bar. That's got to be easy. <laughs> like, that's the easy way out. Um, do you care to enlighten people on how easy it really is? <laughs> if you want to be married to your telephone, if you're not a fan of sleep, uh, if you don't like keeping friends because you have to keep hard lines, yeah, yeah, it's a great idea. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm going to say 85% of it's awesome, but there, the 15% that isn't awesome is really not awesome. You know, there's a lot of conversations with the police, with lawyers, with the IRS. You know, the, the things that you don't think about, like the hardest part about buying the bar for me was getting direct TV to believe that I didn't alter the footprint from the previous owner. Harder than getting the liquor license. I had to have the fire marshal come in and write them a letter stating that this was my occupancy and nothing had changed and they kept threatening to shut everything off. We've only seen the two days here. Mm -hmm. What goes into planning this? Well, so I started thinking about the tea prizes about 10 months ago. Started looking for them about six months ago. With it being the 25th, I wanted some cooler prizes. I wanted some nice stuff. So I overspent this year. I probably lost money. Um, Does that happen a lot where you lose money on the prizes? No. That's good. No, I've got, a, I've got a budget and I stick to the budget. And sometimes the prizes aren't the best just because that's what the budget is. The burgers, uh, I splurged on that. I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember Ted's Burgers. This guy is. He's together every week for yeah. like two years in college. Yeah, it, yeah. it was, you know, it was like the church of food. You know, of, of greasy, awesome food, you know? So you, you mentioned, you know, you, you kind of take a loss or break even on this. So it's not like you run this golf tournament as like a fundraiser for the corner club. It's more just, I guess I want you to answer that. Why, what's your why for running this tournament every year? Well, when I bought the bar, one of the reasons that the old owner wanted me to buy it was I used to work here. You know, I knew people, I knew traditions, and he knew that, I wasn't going to turn it into a gas station or a country bar. And he knew that he could still come down here and have drinks with his friends. And I worked the golf tournament when I was working for him. You know, I remember writing a receipt for a guy who got a hole-in-one. And eight years ago, unbeknownst to me, I ended up playing with him in the tournament. And he was so hungover. He didn't say a word until we got to the 17th hole, and he goes, I got a hole in one here once. And I, go, and I go, was it with a shitty yellow ball? And he goes, yeah. And I go, I served you. He goes, I've got your handwritten receipt downstairs in my bar. You know, so 
the relationships the old owner had made, I've kind of made those relationships. So it's nice to see those guys. But every year I tell myself I'm done. It's just, it's too much. It's too hard. And then I end up talking myself back into it. So, yeah, don't stop. <laughs> Can we ask you a little bit about the Calcutta? Yes. So before I played in this tournament two years ago for the first time, and I consider myself a pretty big golf aficionado. I know a lot about what goes on and so forth. So I was you know, surprised that I hadn't heard about this before. Can you explain what it is to our listeners and kind of, I don't know, what it's like to hold court over that whole situation? So I, I was in your shoes years ago at a uh, trap shooting contest and they started having a Calcutta and they started calling out my name and people were bidding. And I'm looking around going, what am I, what am I doing? And people are bidding on me. I'm like, don't, no, don't do that. Um, so I was I was uh, kind of taken aback by it too. But it's, it's stressful because you get your, you know, you guys missed a, a heckler this year. He didn't come up. Oh. He, he drives me nuts. <laughs> um, but that kind of stuff can be stressful. And you saw me get into it with a guy who said I was bidding, but you can't bid like this. Yeah. With just your finger Just up. your finger when I'm not looking at you. Yeah. Right. Um, it's a crowded room. 70 people. <laughs> you know, I, I hated it the first couple of years I did it, but as I've gone along, um, it's... You know, it's easier to do, but, you know, basically what you're doing is you're bidding or auctioning off people um, for their second day scores. And people who are looking at the way you played the first day and what your um, handicap is, they're basically making a bet on how well you'll do the next day. And you never know. Like uh, you heard me say today, you know, I can't believe you did this because I've seen you play golf. (laughs) <laughs> that team did not play very good on Friday when I played with them, and somehow they got second in the Calcutta. You know, it's just one of those things where some days you play good golf and some days you don't. <laughs> some days there's money on it and some days there isn't. Well, Joe, two interviews this week, um, giving our fans a little something because we do we have, have fans? Didn't have an interview last week. Do we have? Sorry to interrupt, but do we have fans or listeners? Fans. I call everyone fans. <laughs> Everybody, all the Twitter followers, all the Facebook, everyone who listens, they're all fans. They're all fans. Thousands of fans across yes. the world. So we gave two interviews for our fans this week because we didn't give our fans an interview last week. We're making up for it. That's yeah. seven episodes, seven interviews. So yeah, we're, we're, we're yeah. shooting park yeah, for we, interviews right now. We got a bogey and a birdie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a nice bounce back. Yeah. Exactly. Before we go. I have to describe where we're sitting right now. You should. It's pretty spectacular. Yeah. So, Nick and I are in two of four very comfortable leather chairs. There's, like, wood paneling, fireplace that's surrounding us. The ceiling's kind of low, but in, like, a very cool way aesthetically. Behind Nick sits how many books? A thousand? Maybe more? More than ten. Yeah, more than ten <laughs> books. Behind me are just bottles of delicious whiskey everywhere. And you have fireplace, more whiskey everywhere. This is the whiskey room. It's the whiskey room. Yeah. We're recording live from the whiskey room. Best place to listen to At The Turn (laughs) is Stitcher. It's still the future of podcasts, maybe. It is. Maybe it's not quite the present of podcasts, (laughs) but it's the future, and that's where At The Turn is at. So you should subscribe, rate, review, like, share on Stitcher. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, you can become one of our fans, and (laughs) tell your friends.
I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.